Welcome to the Stronger Than Autoimmune podcast. As an autoimmune warrior myself, I understand living with a chronic illness isn't easy. You're not alone. This podcast is to give hope. I will interview individuals living with autoimmunity along with experts and businesses to provide knowledge and support. As a health coach, I understand there is no cure for autoimmune disease, but creating small changes can influence how we feel and be stronger than autoimmune. Before I introduce my next guest, here is an ad that made this podcast possible. Hello, Warriors. In today's podcast, I had the opportunity to have Dr. David Klotzman review his work for the treatment of autoimmune and inflammatory diseases. Dr. Klotzman received his MD and PhD from the Pierre and Marie Curie University and Medical School, Paris, France. He is professor of immunology at Sorbonne University and head of biotherapy at a famous hospital in France. He is the director of immunology, immune pathology, immune therapy laboratory. His research interests have been, and still are, in translational immunology, with a current and special focus on regulatory T-cells. He co-discovered HIV and discovered its receptor. He pioneered low-dose IL-2 immune therapies for the treatment of autoimmune and inflammatory diseases. I brought him on the show to share how he is making a difference and bringing hope for people with autoimmune and inflammatory diseases. So let's get started. Thank you, Dr. David Klatzman, for joining me on the Stronger Than Autoimmune podcast. Uh, yes. Uh, hello, uh, Desiree, and I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah. Before we get started in your research and you, your experiment of treating autoimmune disease and inflammatory disease with enhanced regulatory T cells, can you tell the audience what got you interested in immunology and autoimmune disease? Well, um, I actually got interested in autoimmune disease uh, because of regulatory T cells that I will call Treg, um, um, to make it um, uh, easier to pronounce. Uh, it happened that you know, as a, a, an immunologist in training, uh, many years ago, I was working in the um, transplantation immunology field, and at the time there was a which was the search for what was called suppressor T cells at the time. And these suppressor T cells, you know, there were some indications from different experiments that, that they exist, that there was a need to, um, to have some cells that uh, could, of course, activate an immune response. They were called the helper T cells, but also some that could actually terminate immune response or regulate them negatively. And they were called suppressor T cells. And I started my career working on these suppressor T cells, but rapidly, you know, switched because uh, this uh, theme of research become even politically incorrect because no one could actually identify these cells. And, and the experiment gave some very complicated and, and not convincing uh, results. And so this field actually disappeared for, for many, many years uh, until uh, a, a Japanese immunologist, uh, Simon Sakaguchi, actually discovered cells that could actually qualify for, for being suppressor T cells. But, and this was in uh, uh, um, 1995. Uh, but, but because actually, uh, probably because of the fact that, that 
you know, these cells were not very popular, the suppressor T cells. He didn't call them uh, uh, suppressor T cells, but regulatory T cells, T-Rex. And he showed that actually when he depleted these cells from mice, uh, uh, the mice were then, you know, uh, developing multiple autoimmune disease, affecting multiple organs. Uh, and when he was reinjecting back these cells, you know, these uh, autoimmune disease were, 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 were vanished and, or disappeared or, were, or, or did not even uh, uh, occur. So it, it was a, um, and, and, and these cells, by the way, were characterized by a marker, which is actually what we need when we want to study cell population. We need a specific molecule to define these cells so we can identify them and then start to work with them, which was actually what was lacking when people were studying uh, suppressor T cells back in the late 70s, early 80s. So when these um, uh, uh, cells um, uh, uh, were discovered by uh, Simon Sakaguchi, uh, I got immediately interested because I always felt that this was a good, good field of research. There was a need for, for cells that could regulate negatively immune responses. And also because at the time I was uh, some are interested in uh, immune response to cancer cells. And very rapidly, there were evidences that uh, Treg actually could um, uh, play a negative role in cancer by suppressing uh, uh, potentially, you know, uh, helpful immune response targeted to cancer cells. Okay. Um, so... I started, you know, work on these T-Rex and, and rapidly, of course, you know, uh, uh, since there were these evidences that they were very important for, for controlling autoimmune diseases, I, you know, started to uh, work uh, uh, in this field also because uh, my practice in an hospital, in this hospital at the PTSL-PTA hospital in Paris where I work uh, was actually linked to uh, what's called internal medicine and that's you know the the, the, the care for patients with autoimmune diseases yeah so you, it sounds like you work with well you, you worked in a place where it, it was much needed and you saw people suffering yeah yeah and i'm so glad that you're studying this because it seems like you have done great work and the regulatory t-cells are a t-reg what do they do for the immune system? I know you s mentioned a little bit, but can you go deeper? Okay, yeah. So um, first, uh, um, Simon Sakaguchi characterized the Treg as being a certain subset of T cells called the CD4 positive cells, T4 cells. And among this population of CD4 cells, uh, uh, T-Rex were defined as those that were expressing a molecule that is called CD25, okay? But, you know, then rapidly it became, you know, um, evident that C25, yes, was characterizing this cell, but was also characterizing uh, some cells that were not suppressor cells, not T-Rex, that were conventional we call them not conventional CD4 cells that were activated because they were engaged in an immune response. And so there was a quest for, for finding, you know, uh, more markers that would define more precisely this T-Rex. And some were discovered, including a molecule that actually works within the cell to actually imprint that function to the cells to become a T-Reg. 
and and these are what's called uh, 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 factor you know controlling um, the expression of genes and this factor was called fox p is called fox p3 so now rapidly you know there was this idea that uh, yeah, t-reg could be pretty well characterized by two markers that were at the surface of the cells cd25 and, and and cd4 and then another one the third one and then also by the expression of this transcription factor that i just mentioned fox p3 so we, we could start doing some experiment where we, we could purify very neatly the cells and and look at their function and what they were doing and 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 you know more and more for, for a while i should say you know um uh, people did not really jump on that uh, uh field and that population of cells. it was really surprising you know Simon Sakaguchi paper was published in um, Journal of Immunology, which is a very good journal, but it's a good journal because they publish solid data um, and, and everybody thinks that what's published in, in Journal of Immunology is, is really uh, uh, good and strong, but it was not one of these you know, main journal that usually published you know, uh, disrupting research, okay? Mm -hmm. And although this research was really disruptive, and, but it, it took time before, you know, people, you know, started to realize that, uh, realize that these T-regs were both very uh, uh, much looked for, for suppressor cells and, and started to work with them. And rapidly more and more team worked on that and discovered that, yes, these T-regs are involved in first the prevention of autoimmune disease, meaning that in normal individuals, those who do not have autoimmune diseases, these T-Rex actually prevent the, 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 the appearance of such autoimmune disease. Then, and I'll come back to this in, in a minute, then they realized that also the T-Rex uh, were very important in controlling low-grade inflammation. Uh, and finally, more recently, uh, in understanding that T-Rex are very important for tissue repair, okay, in, in many different tissues. So let, let's go rapidly through these different points. So prevention of autoimmune disease. Okay. Um, you know, our immune system, uh, the T cells that, that compose are what's called the adaptive immune system. Well, I have to go back to, to this very simple, you know, um, uh, a way of differentiating what's called the innate immune system, which are, you know, which is the immune system that actually is, is a kind of broad barrier to um, uh, 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 many, you know, infectious uh, agents, for example, but for which the response is not specific of the virus or the bacteria or whatever that is 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 there to be um, uh, uh, combated. Uh, uh, and then there is the adaptive immune response, where where you generate, you know, cells and molecules that are really specific for the invader. Let's say so. In the adaptive immune system, you have T cells and, and, and B cells. Uh, they both have at their surface what we call receptors that recognize very small portion of these invaders, small portion of a virus or the bacteria or something else. Okay, and they are specific for that really small piece of these uh, viruses or, or bacteria, let's say. Uh, uh, and 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 this adaptive immune response. Um, is supposed to be there to to really you know prevent you know infection to develop and eradicate you know uh, infectious agents, uh, but the way we generate these um, uh, uh, these T cells and, and B cells that express the receptors is very complex, uh, 
And for a long time, without going into the detail, because we would need many hours to discuss this, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the T cells, they develop in a specific organ that is called the thymus, okay? Uh, Which is and, around yeah. the chest, correct? Yes, exactly, okay? And, and in this thymus, um, there is a selection of the cells. And, and the, the general idea at the time was that the thymus actually um, eliminate all the T cells that are generated that could actually attack our own tissues, okay? But these cells by some complex processes were eliminated to only uh, allow the T cells with the good receptors to really uh, populate the individual. But in fact, there is this really important experiment uh, uh, which to me, you know, was a, a shock uh, uh, revelation when, when I, I saw it, which is that if you have a normal mouse, okay, and, and mouse are very much used to study the immune system because you can do a lot of manipulation that you cannot easily do uh, uh, in humans. Uh, if you generate a system that will allow you to abruptly eliminate all the T-Rex from a mouse, okay? Mm -hmm. So you take this, this normal mouse, you eliminate the T-Rex, and what happens? Immediately, the other T-cells that we call usually effector T-cells are going to become activated, and they're going to attack, you know, this mouse normal tissue, healthy tissues, okay? Mm. And destroy them. And these mice will develop multi-organ autoimmune disease, high inflammation, and in fact, will die in two or three weeks from this, okay? okay? And why is this important? Why is this experiment so important? Because it tells you that in any normal or healthy individual, I should say, you have in fact in the body, a lot of T cells that have the potential to attack your normal tissues. Okay, and they don't do this because the T-reg keep them on a leash and prevent mm. them from doing so. Gotcha. But if you actually cut the leash and, 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 and relieve this control by T-regs, these effector cells actually immediately attack normal tissues. And, and this is remarkable because, you know, we thought that these T-cells that could attack, you know, normal tissues were eliminated during, you know, the process of making the T-cell in the thymus. But they are not eliminated. And healthy individuals harbor a lot of the T-cells, of these, of these T-cells with this potential for giving autoimmunity. But the T-Rex controls that. Mm -hmm. Now, so immediately when you, when, you, when you understand this, it also tells you that so there is a kind of balance between the effector cells and the T-Rex. And that in health, the balance, you know, make sure that the T-Rex prevent the effector cells to, to attack normal tissue. And what are autoimmune diseases? It, it, it actually gives us a new look at what we call the pathophysiology of autoimmune disease. The pathophysiology of autoimmune disease is in large part due um, a rupture of this, you know, balance uh, um, proportion and function of the T-Rex and the effector cells. It could be that there, there are more effector cells to attack the tissues and then not enough T-Rex to control them. 
or it could be that the effector cells become like super activated and then they cannot be controlled by the T-Rex. Or it could be that the T-Rex are less numerous, not enough, and they cannot control the effector cells. Or even it could be that the T-Rex the are whatever, not fit and uh, are losing their ability to control. But that's, that's actually one of the key, you know, uh, mechanism, which is to me, active probably in almost any autoimmune disease to a certain degree, okay? Some auto autoimmune diseases are probably much more characterized by this defect in this balance between T-Rex and, and effector cells. But I think that in all of these autoimmune diseases, there is at least some, some role for this balance. And, 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 and so understanding this, uh, I think it's, it's extremely important for you know, of course, better understanding the mechanism that underlie this disease, but also to develop new therapeutic strategies. Okay, and this is you know where we 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 did some some work uh, uh, recently that you know if you want I can uh, further describe. Yeah, yeah, please. So it sounds like <clears throat> the name uh, the T regs balance like a seesaw. Yeah. that um, they need to be balanced. And it right now, it could be a multiple reasons why the T cells aren't being, are being overproductive or they're just not strong enough or there's many different reasons, but yeah. we know that the Tregs, which is a great name for it, they regulate the T cells. So they need yes. to be in equal balance. You know that you're going to attack or focus on how to really pay, play with the T-regs to focus on that instead of the T-cells. Yeah. You're going to go- The other T-cells. Okay, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. T-regs are T-cells, but there are a certain population of T-cells. Yes. Right. So in other words, what, what I'm usually now saying is that in almost every autoimmune disease, there is what I call a T-reg insufficiency. Right. Um, and, and, and when I say, I'm not saying that the, the, the T-regs are non-functional, for example, it's just that they are not, you know, enough or not functional enough. So it's not a deficiency, it's an insufficiency. Gotcha. And when you realize that, of course, you can immediately see that there's an avenue for treatment, which is to try stimulate these T-regs, okay? And make them either more numerous or more fit in a, in, in, in in any case, uh, uh, you know, uh, better at controlling the effector cells. And this is what we've tried to do. Uh, and um, so the first thing, you know, um, so when I started working in, in this field, um, there was, and actually there, there still is, no um, specific molecule that can activate T-Rex, okay? Uh, uh, so when people were contemplating, you know, playing with T-Rex to control autoimmune disease, the first thing they, they had in mind, because there was no molecule to use, was to try do what we call cell therapies. Cell therapies basically is you harvest cells from an individual, you then purify it from these cells those that are of interest for you, for example, the T-Rex, and then in the laboratory, you activate them, you expand them. So if you started from 100,000 cells, we can even go to billions of such cells. And then you reinject these cells to the patient, okay? Mm -hmm. Hoping that the whole process will have generated, of course, many more 
you know, T-regs that you harvested and T-regs that were, would be more fit. And if you inject this, you can actually have some, some fair efficacy. The problem with this approach, there are many problems. The main one is that it's really cumbersome and actually uh, uh, extremely expensive, you know, uh, to 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 product to to produce you know these uh, cell therapies. Just to give you an idea, and I don't know exactly in the states, you know, what are the numbers, but uh, uh, cell therapies that are used nowadays, for example, to treat some leukemia by uh, producing cells that can attack the leukemia, you know, are are sold for uh, uh, many hundred thousand. Uh, uh, dollars per treatment. Okay, sometimes five hundred thousand dollars per treatment. So it's it's usually expensive because the process is is you know uh, 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 very complicated. You, you have to grow these cells in 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 special labs where of course you know they're maintained in good condition with uh, no contamination by whatever could contaminate them. So in the end, it's a it's a it's a complicated product to produce and to use. Right. So we actually and. You know, going into any details, um, we 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 then you know uh, thought of you know uh, are there are there other ways to do so, and then what can we use? So without going in in, in too many details, um, you know, we we realized that there was one molecule that that probably could be used to activate T-Rex, although this molecule was already known to also activate the effector T cells, okay? So I just said that in autoimmune disease, the key aspect is this balance between the T-Rex and the mm -hmm. effector T cells. Right. The problem is that this molecule is able to activate both cell types, okay? The T-Rex and the effector cells. So in theory, if you use this molecule, you know, how are you going to, to do or to know whether you're going to activate one or the other or both and what's going to be the result, okay? And, and because this molecule actually, uh, which is called interleukin-2, um, has been, um, uh, 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 had been, you know, used to treat patients with cancer, mm -hmm. Specifically by activating the effector cells, okay, not not the one you want to activate in autoimmune disease. Right. And, and this molecule, you know, had been used in cancer, notably to treat patients with stage four melanoma or patients with kidney cancer. It was approved by the FDA and by the European agencies. Um, they were, you know, um, uh, uh, so cancer that were treated with this molecule were really advanced cancer, but you know, some, you know. Uh, five to seven percent of patients treated with this molecule uh, really did better and, and and had a very good response. And some of them, you know, really eradicated the cancer and had a long uh, response. But unfortunately, um, for these uh, five percent, uh, for for the five percent of responders, there were the other ninety-five percent who not only did not respond but actually suffered uh, from a major side effect of the treatment. Okay. very very severe so their quality of life was much affected so this is why the molecule was was not so used you know in europe for example it was more used in the state than in europe okay. uh, but so going back to this molecule so this molecule is initially used to treat a uh, 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 patient with cancer by activating the effector cells the precise cell type that you don't want to activate in an autoimmune disease because you know exactly. cells are those who attack the tissue 
But then, you know, and I don't want, I don't know if you want that we go into the details of this. I had the idea that maybe if you use a lower dose of this molecule, a much lower dose, okay, not just, you know, uh, half the dose, but, uh, you know, a, a dose that is like, you know, 20 to 50 times lower. Okay. Uh, which is then, you know, considered a very low dose. Um, maybe my idea was that this, at, at this dosage, it, it would be mostly the T-Rex that you would stimulate. Okay. And, and the reason to be simple here is that the Treg express more of the receptor for that interleukin two than the affected T cells. So if you give, you know, high dose, both cell types are actually activated, but the effector also. If you use low dose, you can imagine that most of the molecule is going to be used by the cell that has, you know, the highest number of receptor for this molecule. So, and, and, you know, they were, you know, we did some experimented mice that, that actually were going in this direction. And we decided that the results were good enough uh, to in investigate this in humans. And, and um, we decided to, to do our first trial uh, in patients with a condition which is an autoimmune disease, but a sp special one because it's actually an autoimmune disease that is triggered by um, uh, the hepatitis C virus. Okay. These are patients that have a, a what's called um, a vasculitis, which is an attack of their vessels by the immune system. So it's an autoimmune disease, but which is initially triggered by the infection with the hepatitis C virus. And we, we, we chose this patient. It, it would be long, you know, to explain. So I don't think it's it's worth doing it here. No problem. Uh, and uh, and and um, we decided to start in this disease. And and the big question at the time is. If we inject low dose of interleukin-2, are we going to preferentially activate the T-Rex and expand them over you know, an activation and expansion of effector cells? And if so, is this going to translate into some Im clinical improvement? Okay. And, and we, we, we treated, um, so it was a very innovative trial. So, of course, you know, and it was meant just to study a, a, a small group of patients, which had only 10 patients. Okay. But we had a very clear response to these two questions I just, you know, asked. First, yes, we did see at low dose an increase of T-Rex without any increase of the effector cells, which, you know, uh, was great because it was showing that now we had actually a molecule that could activate T-Rex without activating effector cells. And even more interesting, in the first 10 patients that we treated, eight out of 10 had improvement in their symptoms. Okay. Oh, wow. So um, because of that, you know, um, uh, we could publish our, our paper in um, New England Journal of Medicine, which is, you know, considered as one of the best, you know, uh, uh, medical journal. And of course, it, it actually, um, uh, it, it got some attention. At the same time, we published our results a second group showed that this same molecule, interleukin-2 at low dose, was also effective, not in an autoimmune disease, but in an inflammatory disease, which is the inflammatory disease uh, that develops after uh, uh, bone marrow transplantation. And this disease is called graft versus host disease. So it's, it's, it's a setting where the immune system that you have 
you know, transferred to the patient that has received is uh, uh, bone marrow transplantation also attacks uh, the, the tissue of that patient. Mm. It's it's not an autoimmune disease, but it's it's it, it has a lot of uh, of similarities. Okay. It's, it's, so it's 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 an inflammatory disease, and and the treatment worked pretty well also in this setting. Uh, uh, and this was reported in in another paper that was published back to back with with ours. So I think that these two um, uh, uh, these two papers, you know, really you know opened the uh, uh, the field of using this and. And season the paper was published in 2011. Okay, uh, and um, and since then, you know, uh, I've I've performed, you know, um, um, many investigations, both you know, experimental and clinical investigation of this molecule. Uh, we've treated now patients with more than 20 different autoimmune disease mm -hmm. with this molecule interleukin two. Uh, and we think that um, uh, we have actually uh, uh, really good results and that at some point we think that uh, I strongly think that this should become a, um, a treatment for at least some of these autoimmune disease. Although uh, the difficulty here is that um, there are, um, uh, you know, we attracted a lot of attention, you know, uh, for for big pharma industry, mm. and they all thought that the field was interesting, but they immediately wanted to um, to do their own form of interleukin two mm. uh, 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 to get better uh, uh, efficacy. This is what they were saying. Okay. And so they've made modification of IL-2. So me, I've been developing what I call native IL-2, interleukin-2, interleukin-2, IL-2. Uh, and when I say native, it's because this interleukin-2, I forgot to mention this, is actually the natural molecule that our body produces, okay. which is actually the fuel for T-Rex. We now know this. It's the real fuel for T-Rex, for their development, for their function, for everything. Okay. Um, uh, so they're, they're making, you know, modified interleukin-2 to try to develop better therapies, which, you know, I'm not against that uh, uh, because if you can get better therapies, you know, why not? The only issue is that I think it will be really a pity if we, um, if we um, somehow forget to develop native IL-2, which is a molecule that being native is well tolerated, uh, does not in induce what's called anti-drug antibodies. And that in the end will be a relatively cheap treatment for autoimmune disease. I think we should not discard that to try, you know, go after the dream of adding a better molecule that will, of course, you know, be more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, that may actually have uh, other uh, uh, issues like immunogenicity, for example, development of maternal antibodies, or, you know, high cost, because of course, you know, that's, you know, uh, what, what could happen. So basically, we are at the stage of development where um, um, I strongly think, I very strongly think that uh, interleukin-2 um, uh, should become a treatment in uh, lupus. Mm. Uh, 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 and, and, and the reason for this is that we and other groups have performed trials in lupus that actually show 
really amazing, you know, uh, results. This is actually uh, uh, published. Uh, but these are phase two trials, and we need now to raise enough money to, you know, perform a, a larger phase three trial. Uh, and that's difficult in the context because of a competition with a big pharma. Right. Um, uh, uh, but I really think that, you know, because my, I have Chinese colleagues who've been developing this molecule in China, and we've, we've gotten, you know, the exact same results. You know, we, we show the same efficacy, which is a good indication that, you know, if in, on two, two different, you know, hospitals in two different, you know, uh, part of the world, you have exactly the same, the same results uh, with the same molecule. It tells you that, you know, you, you could really expect that it's going to work. Uh, but this is what we're doing right now. We're trying to 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 find the, the money to to do a, a larger clinical trial mm. uh, to prove that this molecule could be a first line treatment in SLE in lupus. Okay, that's wonderful. But, yeah, I think it it also, of course, we 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 you know I I want to be clear here. My belief is that I'm, I'm pretty much you know convinced it's working, but we now have to prove it definitively. With this large, you know, trial. This is how you prove that the drug is efficient. You need to have a properly sized trial to definitively show it's efficient or not. So we need to raise the money to do this. But then um, uh, the molecule is also used in many other diseases with very promising, you know, results. And actually, recently, the molecule has been used to treat a disease. Um, which is a neurodegenerative disease, a disease of the brain. Mm. Uh, it's called ALS. ALS is a devastating disease. Yes, it is. Uh, which attacks, you know, certain, you know, neurons. It has almost no treatment. And unfortunately, you know, uh, a patient with ALS rapidly died from the disease. Uh, and, and, you know, new treatments are very much, you know, needed for that disease. And, and, and IL-2 was recently reported uh, to actually improve uh, the life expectancy of this patient. And, and uh, this is, you know, the first molecule capable of doing so in the last 40 years. So, uh, uh, so altogether, you know, there are a lot of indications that IL-2 could be useful, you know, in many different diseases. Uh, but, you know, um, it's, 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 a, it's a bumpy and a difficult road to... Uh, uh to, to to prove that and, and and you know find the resources to to be able to prove it but 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 by the way also i should also say that um the other molecules that are developed by this big pharma uh, may also of course you know be um uh important uh although to me they've not really proved yet that they are really superior but this this you know these results should should come you know soon we'll have better indication uh probably this year or or, or, or next year uh uh so you know uh, i think that anyhow what is clear i think to everybody uh is that stimulating t-rex is a new um uh, target uh, for the treatment of many different autoimmune diseases yeah, it sounds like it. And you're going about it a different way than building up the native, like you said, the native IL-2. Yeah, yeah well, so so I'm, I'm doing actually three different things, okay? Okay. The first thing is I'm developing the native IL-2 because right. I strongly believe that 
this actually should be helpful for 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 many patients. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking, you know, uh, of the patient, you know, for example, take lupus. Lupus, lupus in, 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 in the States is, is mostly a disease of black women. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure that, you know, every single black woman has a, has a health, you know, uh, insurance or policy that will cover these new expensive treatments. So I think that at least for this reason, it's important to, to develop molecules that maybe, maybe are, are a bit less effective. I don't even know this. We've not compared but, but that still can improve, you know, these, uh, these diseases. Uh, anyhow, um, uh, so that's one thing. And I, I'm pushing this and I'm, I'm not going to stop doing this. Uh, uh, Thank you. Uh, um, by the way, I have to say here to be transparent that, you know, the work I've been doing, I, I've, been, I've, I've been doing it in a public university and hospital. So there were patents that were taken on, on native IL-2 for its use in autoimmune disease. Okay. The patents are owned by my universities and hospital, but they've been licensed to a company that is trying to push the development of this molecule. And I have some interest in this company. So I'm saying this for sake of transparency, you know. But, but, you know yeah. So, but anyhow, uh, that's the first thing. The second thing I'm doing, so the, the, this big pharma that are, you know, trying to improve um, interleukin 2, they're doing it in two direction, you know, they're, they're trying to improve the half-life. So you have to inject less frequently, which is okay. okay. Uh, but they're also trying to make it even more specific for T-Rex to make really sure that you don't activate the effector cells, okay. um, which is also okay. But the problem is, you know, to do this, you need to do some mutation in the molecule that can actually trigger some anti-drug antibodies. So it's, it's not sure it's going to be uh, uh, perfect. What I'm trying to do now, and, and these molecules that have these two types of modification are called second generation interleukin 2. I'm trying to do what's, what I'm calling a third generation of interleukin 2. I'm trying to actually target this interleukin 2 to specific sites of the body. For mm-hmm. example, for patients with uh, uh, um, inflammatory bowel disease, you know, Crohn disease or, or ulcerative colitis, yeah, it would be really good. Guy- yeah, it would be possibly, you know, good to target these molecules to the gut. And, and you can do this by actually hooking to the interleukin 2, a, a molecule that will actually perform this targeting, which is called a single-chain antibody, but that doesn't matter. Or, you know, if you want to treat a patient with uh, multiple sclerosis, you may want to actually make sure that there is more molecule, you know, in the brain and you can maybe use some molecule to target interleukin 2. So this is the second thing I'm developing. Mm. And then the third thing I'm developing is actually cell therapies. What I initially described where you purify cells from, from the patient before you expand them and reject them. But many people are, are doing so these days. But what I'm doing differently is that I, I modify uh, the genome of these cells. I do a genetic modification of the cells to actually make them produce interleukin 2, this molecule that is the fuel for T-Rex. Okay? Yeah, that, that's what and you call the E, the enhanced. E-T-Rex, the enhanced yeah. T-Rex, okay? Right. And, and by doing this, uh, I have, you know, formal evidence that these cells behave, you know, much better. They survive much longer. They are more effective, et cetera. All this, you know, in, in, in animal models. So I'm not trying to push, you know, the development of these cells in clinical uh, trials. 
why am I developing, you know, these ET regs, for example, if I strongly believe that native IL-2 already is a treatment? Mm -hmm. Because actually, as you know, um, uh, there are different, you know, uh, uh, not only there are different types of autoimmune disease, which are more or less inflammatory, for example, but also there are different, you know, types of issues, you know, like when you have a flare, it's different than when you, you know, in between flares. And, and in this context, notably the inflammation is different, inflammatory context, okay? And what's important is that um, T-Regs, as I said it earlier, they control low-grade inflammation. But when inflammation is too high, in fact, T-Regs can no longer, you know, control it. And even more, you know, the inflammation really prevents T-Regs to do any any of their of their uh, usual function okay? Mm, okay so when it's too inflammatory you have to you know activate better the t-rex okay uh, uh and and one way to do so is really to do what we're doing which is again cumbersome and 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 complicated it's not going to be for treating a large number of patients with autoimmune disease, but it's going to be, for example, uh, to treat a patient when, when you have multiple sclerosis, okay, most people have a form of multiple sclerosis, what you call remitting relapsing, meaning that people have a relapse, they're treated with some non-specific treatment for the relapse and they're back to more or less normal until another relapse actually occurs, it's treated again, et cetera, et cetera. But in between relapse, the inflammatory context is, is low, in fact. And I think that in, in these settings, native interleukin-2 could be helpful, okay? Mm. But there are other groups of patients, fortunately, a smaller group of patients who have what's called rapidly progressive you know, MS, which is even almost a, a different disease where it progresses very rapidly. It actually has a lot of bad effect and, and often the patient even die from, from this rapidly. And this is highly inflammatory. And I, I don't think that, you know, giving IL-2 to these patients is going to help. Okay, but maybe giving, you know, these enhanced T-Rex, and especially if you can target these enhanced T-Rex to go to the brain, which is trying to do at the same time, could be advantageous. Yeah, it, it sounds like you're really targeting different ways. You're, you're looking at how autoimmunity, the, the cycle of it, with different yeah. diseases, not just, you know, throwing it at them. You're, you're really targeting how to really help them as a whole because of the flares, because of the in-between. Thank you for yeah. explaining that. that. That's amazing. I think the, 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 the overall message is that first, T-Regs, it's absolutely clear now. I think no one will challenge that. It's absolutely clear that they have a major role in autoimmune disease and that there are new targets for, for new treatments that, that are going to help uh, uh, very much patients with autoimmune disease and, and probably most of the autoimmune disease. In most of the autoimmune disease, there is a T-reg component. And then, you know, triggering the T-regs, expanding them, making them more efficient is going to be of some help. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, uh, and so that's one, one, one of the main uh, uh, message that you have to uh, take from this uh, discussion. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate your time. It's very, very costly, you know, to, mm -hmm. to, to do these, uh, these trials. And then it's not little money that we're looking for, you know, not to do a, a, a you know, a properly sized, you know, um, uh, 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 trial, uh, the final trial, I would say of 
uh, interleukin-2 in, in lupus will cost probably uh, uh, between 30 to $40 million. So it's, it's, it's not, it, it's a lot of money. Oh, that, I have that in my pocket right now. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, so, I mean, it's, yeah. it's for big, of course, for big pharma, they're doing these trials all the time because in yeah. the end, when you sell the product, it's billions, you know, okay? Mm-hmm. So you, you, and some of the molecules will go through. So this is also why some molecules are expensive because, you know, you know, you have to, to, to develop uh, 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 many different molecules, you know, many, many will actually die during their development because they're not doing exactly what you want them to do or they have side effects that prevent them from, from, from being, you know, uh, what you use, etc. So in the end, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, people usually say that, you know, developing a new drug costs at least in, in the range of a billion uh, before it's put on the market, uh, which is, I guess, a mean um uh yeah so it's um uh, it's um yeah it's very costly well i appreciate yeah. you getting the ball rolling because it weren't for you um and all these experiments you've been doing that you know this this wouldn't be this would you wouldn't be helping people so i hope so yes yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate your time and i i wish you the best of luck and hopefully we get this going sooner than later yeah absolutely believe believe me i'm doing you know i'm i'm, I'm working on this 200 percent of my time huh? i have long days huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right it was a pleasure and uh yeah i hope i'll bring this uh, this treatment to patient you know up, up to yeah yeah yes You've, thank you thank you you take care Wow, isn't science amazing? I am very grateful for Dr. David Klotzman's time and commitment for science and helping others. To learn more about his research, please see the show notes below. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, leave a rating or review so others can find the podcast and share with fellow autoimmune warriors so they too can have hope and be stronger than autoimmune. Until next time. 